And another one. What? And another one. And another one what? Another episode of Bench Dash. Oh my god, what a surprise. Oh man, they said it couldn't be done. (laughs) But here we are, back with week four, buys and sells, Mm -hmm. price check, Bench Dash. Uh, So Leo, how are you feeling uh, three weeks into the fantasy season? Uh, I feel good. It's exciting. Exciting to finally uh, like have some real information on some players. Finally, have enough data points to to make some real opinions, and not like overreact or cut bait on players too soon or buy into other players too soon. Feels yeah, like feels we, like we actually know stuff now. We have legitimate trends to go mm-hmm. off of three yeah. weeks in because now we're twenty percent of the way through the season, mm-hmm. and uh, bye weeks are here, guys. Bye weeks are here, so Too be soon. aware. Yeah, I know. Week four. So already you're getting hit with, you know, Green Bay, Philadelphia. They're on their buys. So yeah. make sure you're paying attention because they have some very fantasy-relevant players on their team. They do. So, you know, no Jordan Matthews this week. No Jordy Nelson. No, no Aaron Rodgers. No Eddie Lacy. No Fat Eddie. No, no Darren Wentz, who you'd for sure be starting. <laughs> See, Wentz? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Carson Wentz? Since um, you brought him up, we haven't really discussed Carson Wentz at all on the show because we kind of disregard the quarterback. But Carson Wentz? I mean, he looked really good against uh, Pittsburgh, but I'm not I'm not ready to anoint him like a legit starter yet because his first two weeks were against awful defenses. And Pittsburgh occasionally has these games where they just like don't show up, like they were even awful on offense, and like the you know the. Philly defense actually looks really legit, but I, I need to see a little more before I'm like, this is it. Wentz is the guy. He's looked good, but I'm not Would not you quite stream there. him at this point after they come out of the bye? I mean, let's, let's see what his schedule is out of the bye. That's the real question. Who's, who's out of the bye, they play the Lions. Streamable. I mean, yeah, I would do that. Followed by the Redskins. I would do streamable. that. Yeah. Followed by... The Vikings would not do not. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Stay away from any quarterback that's playing the Vikings, essentially. Yeah. Uh, followed by uh, the Cowboys. I would do that. His schedule looks pretty up and down. He's definitely a sh- I could say he could be a streamer. Maybe even as soon as right out of the bye. Even though he's on the road, but it doesn't really matter. The Detroit, Detroit defense does not look good. Does no, not it doesn't. Look good. I mean, the the only game they really looked somewhat adequate in was when they played Tennessee, who doesn't exactly have a stellar offense. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, getting into the week four news, we don't dr- spend too much time on Carson Wentz. Yeah, uh, just some quick notes from around the NFL. Uh, Des Bryant is hurt. What he is? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we played the entire game on this. What is it? A fractured knee or something like that like the top part yeah, of his like a, a hairline tibia. fracture in his tibia fibia and his knee bone yeah and the knee bones connected to the ah, bone. Knee, knee bone uh, i don't know <laughs> but yeah so apparently uh he's been fine because he missed an mri all the owners were eagerly awaiting the news from his mri and it didn't come so we we're like okay well no news is good news right not the case he just didn't go to the MRI or was late to the MRI for whatever reason. Who knows what happened? It's bizarre. 
Yeah, kind of a weird circumstance happening with Des Bryant right now. So it looks like he'll be out for a couple of weeks. Definitely this week. I highly doubt he plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe more than that. Maybe two, three, four weeks. So Des could be out for the foreseeable future. Just pay attention to that. Uh, He's somebody that I would keep obviously i'm not going to drop des Bryant even if he's out for four weeks because he has a very 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 soft playoff schedule yeah so he's one of those wide receivers who you should keep an eye on even if you don't own des i'm not going out and buying him right now because of his status uh but maybe mid-season or so a little bit later into the season when there possibly is news of romo coming back Mm -hmm. des might be somebody to keep an eye on yeah Uh, other injuries Fat Jerry Langford. <laughs> no fat more Jerry pizza Langford. for him. <laughs> no more deep dish for Fat Jerry. He's out for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Ouch. Ooh, those are lingering injuries, too. So I think he's done. Yeah. He's done. <laughs> he's on the shelf. He's, Get he's, him. Just, he's gone. It's yeah, the Joe Joe How-How show now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, legitimately in redraft, you can probably get you can probably drop Langford. He was he was bad team. before he got hurt, so yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Hopefully you listened to us and sold him last week. And if you didn't, then you just have to drop him for nothing. <laughs> I know. I mean I was I was even talking about selling selling Langford for Chris Ivory. And I was like, yeah, I, I would take anything for Langford. And sure enough, I mean obviously we can't predict injuries, but you can no. see the trend. His snap count that Monday night game against Philadelphia, he was being underutilized, was not really impressing the coaching staff, fumbled the ball, and then all week in practice they were talking about giving Jordan Howard more snaps. And even before he went down with the injury, he was splitting time with Jordan Howard. So it seems like it's a full JoJo Howard show. Oh, JoJo How-How. JoJo How-How. Yeah, hopefully you scooped him up on waivers this week because he about to eat... Any other big news from the week? Langford um, out, Dez out. I mean, the biggest news is the CJ Spiller to Seattle oh, signing. Oh, my what? gosh. Um, CJ Procise and CJ Spiller in the same backfield? That's the only reason they signed him is like, oh, well, you know, we've been seeing CJ at practice so much, it's too hard to change now. Let's just bring in another CJ. That's, yeah, that's the well, entire motivation. Procise is, is practicing, right? So what's going to happen there? I mean, the last I heard via the beat writers on Twitter is that pro sites could still be like a couple weeks away. Um, okay. This, I mean, it's, I kind of think it's like a bad sign for whatever is going on with Rawls. The Rawls stuff is like really concerning because they're like, nah, it's just like a, like a really bad bruise. He'll be back next week. And then he wasn't back. Like, oh, actually he has a, like a, a hairline fracture and it's going to be, you know, a few weeks. We'll see. Like I don't, the Rawls stuff yeah, is like we'll concerning. See, yeah. And then like they go in, Sign C.J. Spiller, which doesn't feel like it's something they do if they have any confidence in the guys they already have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I worry about... Well, about basically Rawls. what this tells me is that it's it's Kristen Michael show, baby. Yeah, man. C-Woke. C-Woke. <laughs> the awakening has <laughs> happened. We will say as we get into buys and sells, um, I don't see Christine Michael as a sell high, even though he might have, like, you know, he's going to fall back to earth probably a little bit against the Jets. Um He's still someone to hold on to because he could be this year's, like, Devonta Freeman of just, like, an injury. He gives him the opportunity. He runs with it. And, like, you know, once once Russell is healthy and playing, that just opens up opens up the running lanes for whoever Russell Wilson's caddy is. So, yeah, don't be tempted to sell Christine unless it's, like, really high. Yeah, so this is finally the year where all the hype paid off with Kristen Michael. Not, not the last couple of years. 
But this year, it looks like if you bought into the hype, you are being rewarded with Kristen Michael. So yeah. stick with him because he could be an RB1, dare I say. Man. I mean, he, he tore up a, like, just terrible 49ers defense. So, you know, don't <laughs> don't expect that every week. But, you know, it's the, the like, crazy big workload he's getting, 20-plus touches, you know, in a, when Russell Wilson is healthy on the lead offense. Like, it's, you know, it's all the things you want Wait. in RB1. Let me stop you right there. Did San Francisco not completely shut down Todd Gurley week one? Tell me that their <laughs> offense is bad or the defense is bad. That, uh, that was not that was not what that was. That was not. Well, <laughs> here's my take. Here's my here's my right. narrative on the whole CJ Spiller signing. Let's hear it. Is that they're taking another Buffalo Bills reclamation project, oh, a la Marshawn Lynch. CJ Spiller is going to come in, a la Fred Jackson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Woo. And we saw what Fred Jackson did. He was on the field sometimes. <laughs> he was a revelation <laughs> for Seattle. C.J. Spiller is going to come in. Nobody knows who C.J. Spiller is anymore. We've completely forgotten about him in terms of fantasy. <laughs> He's going to come out of nowhere, finish as an RB1. Wow. Boom. Heard it here first. <laughs> no, it's Kristen Michael, guys. No, yeah, Chris- there's no way I can recommend even like a PPR league. of like, yeah, maybe it's Dash C.J. Spiller. See, no. No, he, he's just like a depth signing, I think. Yeah, so well, speaking of depth to... signings, we, we already touched about JoJo Ho-Ho. How-How. <laughs> jo- <laughs> JoJo Ho-Ho. How-how. JoJo How-How. But uh, the Bears went out and signed Joyke Bell. He's back. He's oh, back. Oh, Joyke, the revenge game. Here it comes against his old Joy team. Joyke Bell against the Lions. Yeah. So what this tells me is that if you have Jordan Howard on your team, you shouldn't really be concerned. Uh, they signed Joyke Bell because they have nobody behind Jordan Howard, literally. Langford's gone. Kadeem carries out. Uh, they just signed someone from their practice squad last week, Mozart. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bell is going to be like this maybe a few touches a game backup right now, and then it's going to be full Jordan Howard show. Let me tell you what's going to happen express. here. Okay, let me hear it. Uh, Jordan Howard's going to come out. He's going to start. Yep. Uh, he's going to start with six carries for – Negative 20 yards. Uh, so a theoretic line. A theoretic line. <laughs> uh, three fumbles. You know, he's really just going just gonna to poo all over himself. Um, and then say, all right, let's all put right. in this Joyke Bell kid and see what he's got against his old team. And Joyke's going to have that, that fire lit under him, you know, that revenge game narrative. And he's going to rush uh, 40 times for 800 yards and no That's touchdowns. That's a real stat. And one game. And no touchdowns. <laughs> no well, it touchdowns. doesn't matter with 800 yards. It doesn't matter, man. You're happy with your with your 80 points. You'll take it. Yeah. I mean, you could bench the rest of your team you and could, possibly win maybe. On, on the back of Joyke Bell. Man, that'd be okay. that'd be bold. <laughs> I feel like we should put a disclaimer because the last time you went on this rant about a player like blowing up in the first portion of a game and then being replaced was when you talked about C.J. Anderson like blowing oh, out his knee in the yeah, first play of that. the game of the season against Carolina, right? Yeah. And then you said something about a Devontae Booker. He's going to come in. <laughs> he's going to take over. Uh, and then people actually bought into that, and they're like, nice call on C.J. Anderson. But, yeah. Obviously, I think this is a little bit more sarcastic than that. No, it's Hopefully. 100% serious. This is take it to the bank. This is a bankable bench dash take. Boom. Hey, let's put it on Twitter. Uh, I'd rather not. No, let's <laughs> 40 carries for 800 yards, Joy Bell. Boom. I think we'll lose all of our followers. Nobody will take us seriously again. <laughs> Not like, that oh many God. people do. In the George Bell place. clowns. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that pretty much caps off the news for now. 
I think we should move on to this week's buys, sells, yeah, maybe I, holds. I soft. think uh, I think we should uh, review a little bit of how last week went too, uh, to sort of grade our credibility. Um, so basically, right, take I'll a, let you do the victory. Basically, lap. take like yeah, it's a victory lap. Is really what it is because it, it was a good week for us. Uh, our our cells were Ryan Matthews, Matt Forte, and Jeremy Langford. Uh, Ryan Matthews and Jeremy Langford were like hard sells for us. We're like, get rid of them right now. Like this isn't going to work out. Um, and like we talked about Langford and his injury. You know, you can't. You, we weren't expecting that, but it, it did yeah. work out favorably if you sold them. But Ryan Matthews falls, crashes back to earth with negative half a point. Like how? That's like he only had two carries, right? He had two carries for he's for hurt. negative yeah, five he's, yards. Yes, yeah, turns out that like he's nursing some ankle injury, which is the last thing you want to hear about Ryan Matthews. I don't know what you could sell him for right now. Not very much after that. Um, so hopefully you did. I don't it. think you can. Yeah, I think you're kind of at this point. You're just holding him and hoping out that you know it works out. He's, he's going into his buy. So the the only thing you can do with Ryan Matthews is hope that his ankle heals. Because he must have, looking at the snap count, he must have tweaked his ankle at the end or at some portion of week the week one game against Cleveland. Yeah. Right? Because he had 22 carries in that game. And then coming out the following week against Chicago, everybody was kind of perplexed with his usage. Like, what is going on with Ryan Matthews? Why is he not in the game? He did salvage his fantasy performance with a couple of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So they brought him in when they really needed to punch the ball into the end zone. Uh, and then... Week three against Pittsburgh, two carries. And so obviously he's been trending downwards. Something's going on with his ankle. Uh, Wendell Smallwood looked good. Yeah. Uh, Darren Sproles looked good. Kenyon Barner came in. I mean, they were rotating their backs throughout the entire game. So uh, it could be really messy in Philadelphia yeah, right now. I think but, it's I mean, to a committee, honestly. And like I, I, it's hard for me to picture Ryan Matthews coming back, even a full health, and like reasserting himself as a lead back. I think that window's closed. Yeah, and I mean they've been pumping out Wendell Smallwood in the press just in the past couple of days. I mean Wendell Smallwood is somebody you can probably go out and pick up right now. Uh, I wouldn't do it now uh, because they're on a buy. Well, actually, it might not be a bad thing to do it this week because next week, if news keeps on progressing with Wendell Smallwood. Like Peterson is is saying, oh, Wendell Smallwood is going to yeah. see more time. Then get hyped he's going to be like a hot, the top pickup. Yeah, he might be the top pickup next week. So you might want to go out and pick up Wendell Smallwood this week. Yeah, uh, if you have the space. Now there have been so many injuries, you might not have the luxury of just stashing someone on your bench that you can't use this week. But keep an eye on Wendell Smallwood. And um, yeah, Ryan Matthews, we definitely uh, we got that one right. Crush that one, hit right out of the park. Um, Matt Forte was another self for us. This was a soft sell where, like, you don't, you don't have to, but if someone's buying him, it's a top five running back, we do it. Uh, and he did. Uh, he regressed. It was more about the workload he got because he averaged over four yards a carry, but he only got 15 carries, 17 touches, which for him on the season, that's low. Um, so I think, yeah. I mean, I think he'll be fine overall. It's just, you know, the, the window of selling him as a top five running back is probably closed after that. Yeah, and he, he goes against Seattle this week. Yeah. Um, everyone might point to what Hyde did against Seattle, but that was all garbage time. That's, yeah, I wouldn't count on that, being a thing running backs do regularly. Yeah, the, with Forte, that game against Kansas City this week was really bizarre. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions. 
That is not a mistake. He threw six interceptions in that game, yeah. including one of them being returned for a touchdown. So out of his six interceptions, one of them was a pick six. He honestly just looked like he didn't care. Like, by, after, like, the second pick, he was just, like, throwing it up anywhere he could. Like, it's like, why? What, what happened? What switch flipper? You're just like, I don't care. I don't care about this game. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what happened in that game. But that probably speaks a little bit as to why Forte didn't have as big of a game. Because they fell into a hole. Yeah. They were trying to air it out, and they just kept on turning the ball over. They had eight turnovers in that game. So if you had yeah. the Kansas City defense, you were just swimming i think they put up like 30 points in standard 32 points i know because i played against them still managed to pull out the w but i, I was fuming during that i was like oh my god how are, <laughs> i was like watching ryan fitzpatrick throw all these picks i was like stop it you're killing me fitz quit it <laughs> just, just like, don't yeah. do it just throw it away man what are you doing it's tragic it's yeah. tragic is right um so those were our buys all i mean those were our sells, sells all, yeah. all pretty successful i would say um, our buys, most of them worked out pretty well, too. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he didn't explode, but he had his biggest week of the year with 13.3 uh, standard fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'd be a little bit harder to, to buy at this point after now three double-digit games. I think people have kind of caught on that he's looking yeah, like he might be legit. Yeah, he's startable wide receiver. Yeah, he's startable. Yeah, yeah so he's, now his price has gone up. Um, we had John Brown as a buy. Um, and it worked out yeah. in the sense that he did bounce back. He saw 11 targets. For, for 70 yards. Um, which led the team. Which led the team. 70 yards led the team. Yeah, yeah. so I think that's more about the the Cardinals imploding than, like, John Brown not quite being back all the way because I think he's there. So, you know, you'll hear more about him later in our in our buys. A little Ooh. preview. Um, Some foreshadowing. Uh, another one that worked out very well was Mark Ingram. That was one of our buys. Um, yeah. And he exploded like a diaper for 16 fantasy points. Oh, no, it was 18 because he got the two-point conversion too, didn't he? He did. Don't forget about those two-point conversions. Yeah, I know, the two-point I mean, conversion. Yeah. So, yeah, so Mark Ingram, you know, now everyone's like, oh, nope, he's back. So the, the window to buy him low is for sure closed. Um, so hopefully you made a move on that. And our last buy was Chris Ivory. Oh, that one didn't really wow. work out. That was like our one like swing and a miss from last week. Yeah, the Jacksonville running game just looks really, really putrid. The one good news, a piece of good news that came out of their game last week was that Allen Robinson actually scored a couple touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Allen Robinson getting going will activate their running game at all, but we'll see. I mean, they go to London this week, right? London. Well, you sound like you're from London. London (laughs) against the Colts, yeah. Against the Colts, so Ivory, I think he had a huge game in London last year. When he I don't, was I don't remember the, that, so I'll trust you if he did. I know TJ Yeldon had a big game in London last year, so maybe, uh, you know, they <laughs> both, they, they're they going to go Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman on the Colts. Oh, my God. That is my take. That, You're going to see 20-plus <laughs> points from Ivory, 20-plus points from uh, Yeldon. That's going to happen. We're going to mm-hmm. put it on Twitter. Boom. Don't, oh, all right. Well, Along with the Joyke Bell take from earlier on this episode. Joyke Bell take. Yep. Joyke Bellgate. Yeah. Yeah. It was ugly for Chris Ivory. Uh, let's reel it back into reality a little bit. But it's it was his first game back from this mystery illness. Nobody really knows what happened with Chris Ivory the first two games of the season. Yeah. I wouldn't give up on him yet. I mean, it's not. No. I don't think he's startable yet. But to keep on your bench to see. Uh, because Yeldon looked really bad through two games. Uh, Yeldon looked bad again, and Ivory looked bad. So everybody's looked bad. 
there's still a chance that one of them asserts themselves. And at this point, I would put money on Ivory out of the two of those guys. Yeah. So Ivory is worth a stash still. So while it was a loss for last week, I won't call it a complete loss unless he stinks it up for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Which I think, could I think happen. it'll turn out so, okay. I mean, it'll probably just I be could. brought up as a buy again, like during his bye week in week five. Until until he turns until around, he's going to be a buy. Yeah. That's how we do it. Anyone that doesn't work out, we're like, no, now they're just a buy again until eventually they have a big week where we're like, boom, <laughs> nail it. Well, that's going to be uh, the narrative with John Brown. The John Brown narrative. He's probably going to be on here every week until he blows up. And we'll be like, ah, see, don't you wish you bought? <laughs> We've been talking about John Brown for weeks. You should have bought him back in week three. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's move on to this week's takes. Enough, uh, enough victory laps. Yeah, so uh, let's start with the uh, buys. It's a shorter list. Uh, I mean, sells, sorry. Start with the sells. sells. This week. Sell highs. Shorter, sell highs. It's a shorter list than our buys. We have a lot of buys we want to talk about. Some yeah. interesting buys we want to talk about. The sell list is a little bit shorter. We're going to start off with probably a popular take. Yeah. Because if anybody watched that Monday night game with New Orleans and Atlanta, they saw Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman just running all over the Atlanta defense. And they both put up. 20 plus points. Tevin Coleman had three touchdowns. Devontae Freeman had over 200 yards. Uh, yeah. It was ridiculous. And it's not going to happen again, is basically what our narrative is. They go against Carolina this week, mm-hmm. followed by Denver. Okay. okay. Their schedule does not get any better. We look, okay, we got Carolina this week. Let's just look at their upcoming schedule. Boom. Let's bring for it up. The at Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. Week five, they play Denver, as I just mentioned. Week six, they play Seattle. Oh. Not getting any better. So that's Oof. three defenses in a row that they're running into. Week seven, they play San Diego. Okay, there so you go. Boom. There's a juicy <laughs> matchup. So you want to sell Freeman. I would sell Freeman if we're talking mm. about, okay, if you only have Freeman. I'm selling Freeman this week because he has the name value. Tevin Coleman might not have the name value yet. Devontae Freeman was the top running back last year. He blew up on Monday night. You might be able to get something legitimate in return for Devontae Freeman. Sell him as a running back one, and I do it now because if he starts to put up some stinkers in the next couple of weeks, then it'll be like, oh, okay, he blew up that one week because he was playing like a historically bad New Orleans defense. Uh, we're not going to take a chance on buying him now. So I would sell Devonte Freeman this week. What is your take, Leo? Uh, my take is, yeah, if you only own one of these guys, then sell them. If you own both, um, I'm inclined to hold just because at that point you're an injury away from the healthy guy being like an elite RB1 probably. Um, but, yeah, if you only have one, sell them. I lean a little more towards Tevin. Not that I don't think Freeman is a good sell, but I think Tevin's numbers are especially um, concerning because like, he's not he's getting a small share of the touches. Um, some this interesting stat. Of the top 12 running backs, uh, Tevin Coleman has the – least amount of touch shares he's only getting 27 percent of the touches in the backfield uh compared to what like you know it's all like 40 to 50 percent um so it's he's getting the ball much less than every other rb1 uh he's incredibly touchdown dependent took three touchdowns to do what he did this last week um 
And the red zone and, like, inside the five and ten snaps don't favor him as much as you think they would. Uh, it's yeah. almost a split in the red zone. It is a split inside the ten. And Coleman is a little bit out-touching Freeman in the inside the five, but it's three to one. Like, there, it's not enough to really mean anything. Yeah. So, Tevin, I, it's, you know, it's, you won't be able to sell him for as much because his name doesn't mean as much. But I think he's more likely to... I guess, crash back to Earth and Freeman. I mean, they're both going to be up and down every week is kind of what is likely going to happen. It's going to be a tough situation to determine who you need to start. I mean, this week it worked out regardless of who you started. If you started Coleman, you were happy. If you started Freeman, you were happy. But the first couple of weeks, you know, Coleman was scoring the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably frustrating for the Freeman owner. I mean, if we look at the stats, you mentioned that he's receiving, you know, significantly less in terms of touches. Uh, he's he's only behind Freeman by 10 carries. Yeah. And he's out uh, targeting Freeman in the passing game. And he has more receptions and yards than Freeman in the passing game by 100. Mm. So he's he's out gaining Freeman overall on the season. Uh, not quite. He's close. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm. They're they're about the same in terms of yardage. But Coleman has the, the four rushing touchdowns to Freeman's zero. And he also has... Uh, 176 receiving yards to go along with that where Freeman his touchdown came in the passing game mm-hmm. so it's it's really hard to predict for me yeah um, like you said though if you have both of them I'm more inclined to hold because if there is an injury or one of them kind of asserts himself as a guy that really needs to be on the field the majority of the time and it could be Freeman at this point uh, yeah. after the last game it's it's really hard to predict then I would hold but if you have either one of them Freeman or Coleman, I'm looking to sell. Yeah. Uh, I don't think their value will be this high, especially Tevin Coleman. You're right about that. He just put up three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, you could probably sell him for legitimate value at this point. Mm-hmm. But the reasoning behind me wanting to sell Freeman is because of his name. Yeah. Uh, if you can go out and get like an elite wide receiver, okay, I'm going to do it with Devonta Freeman. Again, we talked about this in our last episode. You know, it doesn't really make sense to make a lateral move like trading Freeman for another running back. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you need depth and you want to trade Freeman for two running backs, eh, I don't know about that. But if you need help in the wide receiver position and you can go out and get an elite wide receiver like somebody who's starting slow, Mm -hmm. a la Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. or Julio Jones, if you can offer Devonta Freeman as part of that package, I'm doing it right now uh here's a i mean yeah i agree with that here's like a a follow-up question let's say you did have both and you're like you know what i just want to sell the package because the package is also at its highest value now like look they're both you know legit you can start either one of them or both of them and be fine uh if you're trying to spin that narrative would you sell both of them for like odell beckham or julio jones or is that would you want something else back with it both Freeman and Coleman for Odell. But I mean, I think it really depends on the makeup of your team. Yeah. Um, Freeman and, and Coleman for Odell. That's tough. That's really tough. I, I think I would, honestly, mm-hmm. because we know that Odell is the guy there. I mean, yes, he's off to a slow start, but he's on pace, actually. If we're talking about Odell Beckham to to top his his yards per season, his career best yards per season. He just hasn't scored a touchdown yet. That's his problem. But, I mean, the targets are there. The yards are there. The the touchdowns will come with Odell Beckham. I don't think that's really a concern. Yeah. So I would make that trade. 
the whole thing with Freeman and Coleman is that if they're both healthy, they're both going to be kind of cannibalizing each other to a certain extent using yeah. one of your favorite words. Uh, it worked out this week, but it's not always going to work out. I mean, there will be weeks where it will be a really difficult decision and you might make the wrong one. And that's really going to frustrate the shit out of you. If you decide to start Coleman, because look, he's getting the red zone touches. He's scoring the, uh, the goal line touchdowns. Uh, and then he puts up a dud and Freeman explodes on your bench. And then you say, Oh, okay, I'm going to go start Freeman next week. And this, the opposite thing happens and Oh, you'll be really, really frustrated. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of one of these crapshoot situations where, I mean, you need to sell them for top value, as I think basically what we're going to stick to on this one. Yeah, I think we're saying that like they're sells, but they're like they're soft sells, I guess. Um, whereas like with um, Ryan Matthews and Langford, like sell them this week, you have to. Um, with this one, we're saying like sell them if you can, you know, if you can pitch Freeman as this elite RB one, if you can pitch Coleman as like a fringe RB one type guy, then I'd do it. But if people are like, you know, I don't go out and deal them just because, because um, there's still some value there. But yeah, and I mean, we should mention that yes, it looks like a gauntlet coming up. They have Carolina, Denver, Seattle. Mm. Uh, both Carolina and Denver have been torched by a running back this year. Yeah. So it's not like they're impeccable. We saw C.J. Anderson run all over Carolina in week one. Mm. We saw Jeremy Hill run all over Denver last week. Yeah. So, I mean, he was aided by a long 50-yard touchdown. I think his yards per carry was something like two after that one play mm. against Denver. But, I mean, his stat line looked really, really good against Denver. So, you know, they, they seem to be this team – that has a lot of weapons and they're going to utilize Freeman. They're going to utilize Tevin. Atlanta's interesting. I mean, I don't know if, if Freeman and Tevin, they're going to hurt Julio Jones's value or vice versa later on yeah. down the line. Uh, but with Freeman and Coleman, I would try to sell them this week. Uh, if fair. you have them as individual pieces, if you mm -hmm. have them both as a package, I would consider selling them for an elite wide receiver, right? Uh, like Odell Beckham, somebody's off to a slow start, or you can, I mean, you can kick the tires on, you know, guys like Antonio Brown. You probably yeah. need to, to toss in a little bit more to get Antonio Brown at this point. Or if you want to make a bigger package, we t talked about lateral moves, but if I could trade Freeman for David Johnson somehow, oh, yeah. I would. I mean, that's an easy decision. I would do if the you Freeman could... Coleman package for David Johnson, and that's like probably I... possible because it's like, look, you have this entire backfield locked up, and if David Johnson gets hurt, like you're screwed. You know, there's there's a narrative where that's possible. Yeah, I mean, I would I would feel out the the feel up the feel David up. Johnson. <laughs> Just feel up the David Johnson owner, <laughs> and see if he needs like. I don't know, wide, wide, wide receiver depth. And you can yeah. offer Freeman plus a wide receiver for David Johnson or Freeman and Coleman plus a wide receiver. I mean, if you want to go all out, David Johnson is the guy to do it for because yeah. he's the RB1. It looks like he can't be game scripted out. We saw that this last week. So that is a legitimate package. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. That, that's probably that good with the whole uh, Atlanta backfield situation. Uh the next guy I have a hard time talking about because mm. I like him a lot. Mm. He's he's a soft sell. I soft know sell, yeah. he – the news has been going around Twitter that he should be a sell, period, this week because of the way that. he's been used. Uh, that is Latavius Murray of the 
Oakland Raiders. Sorry, had to do that. Yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray, his, his snap count's kind of gone down incrementally, starting with week one. It seems to be that uh, Jack Del Rio is trying to get DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard to a certain extent involved in their, their overall game plan. Mm. Uh, Latavius Murray has scored in each of his games. More so in this last week, that saved his performance Yeah, because he only had about 40 yards outside of that one touchdown. Mm -hmm. So he still got you around 10 points in standard, which is fine, you know, for your RB2, which is what Latavius Murray is on most teams, I believe. Uh, But, you know, the usage is a little bit concerning. DeAndre Washington was better in terms of yards per carry, in terms of uh, yards. Uh, he just didn't have the touchdown to go along with it. So what do you think about Latavius Murray? What are you selling him for if you are selling him? Right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. He's definitely a soft sell. Uh, I own him in a league, and I'm just kind of shopping him around, you know, just seeing like uh, you know, having people kick the tires, see what they think, because um, he probably is an RB2 the rest of the way with upside, you know, because he is in what's looking like a pretty good offense. Um, but, yeah, the, the snap count is concerning. The fact that he is part of a, like, three-headed rotation is concerning. Um, and so, you know, the touchdown regression will come. He's not going to have 16 touchdowns on the year. I mean, Or will he? Maybe. But if he will, <laughs> then, like, yeah, keep him. But you have to assume he probably won't. Uh, but if I'm selling him, it's as, like, an RB1. Um, as, you know, because the numbers are close to that. He's just outside of the RB1 in, like, the so far season-long ranks. Uh, but to a running back needy team, he's pretty valuable. Um, so, you know, if we're, if we're talking about, like, running back to wide receiver, um, I wouldn't – would you do Flatavius for Alshon? No. Hmm. Okay. I would not just because – I mean, if Alshon was healthy, I would do it in a heartbeat. Right. But – I don't know about Alshon Jeffrey right now. I mean, he was banged up at the end of last week's game against Dallas. He's perpetually questionable. I love Alshon's talent, but he's like a heart attack on your team. You never yeah, know if he's going to play. True. You never know if he's going to, even if he plays, and we saw this happen last week against Dallas, he was good to go. But then during the game, he was like a decoy for most of the, I mean, there was one drive where he was being heavily featured, but outside of that, he was pretty much, he was a ghost like Patrick Swayze. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, that's fair. How about how about this one? Actually, as I look through the the wide receivers, Latavius Murray for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, I'd do that. That one seems like it actually could be doable because they have similar sort of curves to their weeks. So, of like Hopkins had it like all right week one, good week two, stinker of a week three, um, and Latavius kind of has a similar curve to it. Not really stinker for week three, but you could probably argue that to a running back needy team, um, you could. You, I bet you could pull that off to the right team. Um, Definitely. I mean, I think with Hopkins, the concern with him, his talent is elite. He's he's shown flashes of just brilliance. Mm -hmm. And even in last week's game against New England, the catches that he did make were ridiculous. Yeah. Even though he only had 40 yards. Right. Uh, But he has Brock Osweiler as his quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he did not look good against New England last week. It was a short week. They're playing the Patriots. You have to cut him some slack. Yeah. But I've, I'm not sold on Brock Osweiler yet. I think, you know, in certain matchups, it's attractive. But 
that's why I think you can probably use that narrative to get a DeAndre Hopkins. And I would do that right yeah. now because I think DeAndre Hopkins is still an elite wide receiver. Uh, he's still a wide receiver one. Uh, Latavius Murray, uh, I don't think the De- the Hopkins owner would take that trade, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, so if you can get that package or that make that trade, I would do it immediately. Uh the thing with Murray is that, yes, he has an attractive sat line over the first three weeks, but I don't know if he has that, like, elite wide uh, running back name right now. Yeah, that's true. People I were mean, kind of soured on him after he wasn't elite last year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a lot of negative press about Latavius Murray coming into this year, and then the only thing that really salvaged Latavius Murray was that he was going to receive the same amount of volume that he received last year, and that mm-hmm. is not the case. Now, if you're a Latavius Murray owner, we're not saying you should go out and sell him for anything. It has to be for the right piece because he's still, I mean, look at the landscape of the running back position right now. He's healthy. The fact that his snap count is kind of going down is concerning, but at the same time, it will probably keep him fresh, right? More teams are trending towards this. He's still receiving the bulk of the work. Um, his snap count was a, it was 50% last week, so not what you want to see. But mm-hmm. the previous weeks before that, he was over 60%, uh, which is fine for a running back, for a starting running back. Yeah, uh, I think Tennessee, they were kind of bottling up most of the uh, Oakland running backs. DeAndre Washington can kind of offer this change of pace. And we see these change of pace backs rip off these long runs, which can be quite deceptive. So people think automatically, oh, he's a better running back. But... Latavius Murray was the one who was taking the beating between the tackles, and then DeAndre Hopkins, I'm DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre <laughs> Washington runs on the field and, and shoots up the gut for 30 yards, and that kind of it looks attractive, but mm-hmm. he's he doesn't really have the build to be a starting running back. Right. So I don't think for a second that either one of these backs behind Latavius Murray is actually going to threaten his job as a starting running back, uh, as a goal line running back, uh, and even. Latavius Murray has passing down work, more passing down work than the other backs. So right. Latavius Murray, he's somebody you want to have on your team, uh, preferably not as a running back one. But if you have him as a running back two, you're fine right now. You mm. don't really need to sell him. But if you can, there are plenty of teams that need running backs. So you can just, you know, feel it out. See if you can get a wide receiver for Latavius Murray, somebody like a, maybe a T.Y. Hilton. That's possible, yeah. It's hard after T.Y. just blew up. I felt the, Hilt- the Hilton owner is really excited to have him. Now, exactly, but, yeah. Um, maybe like, what about like Brandon Cooks, who's kind of like slowed down after the hot start? Cooks would be interesting. I'd think about it. Yeah. I think that's probably uh, the line. That's probably the line. I mean, he had a really bad week against Atlanta. Right. Uh, there are a lot of mouths to feed. I'd be concerned if, you know, Sneed was out. And Cook's going to get it going. I think that's more a reflection of, of like, Trufant just, like, shadowing him and them kind of selling out. And this next week he gets Verrett, and he might have the same problem. So maybe Cook's is a better buy, you know, next week. Who knows? Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, I don't know if I'd make that trade yet. Um, I mean, there are a lot of mouths to feed in the New Orleans offense. I mean, this week was a Fleener week. Uh, and a Michael Thomas week. Uh, mm-hmm. Next week could be a Sneed week again. It's hard to really predict. I mean, Cooks yeah. only really blew up in week one. So, yeah, Latavius, uh, the last guy we have on our sell list is probably not, like, a very popular name, but with Keenan Allen going out, he was kind of the de facto guy in San Diego. Yeah. San Diego, and that's San Diego. Travis 
Benjamin. Travis Benjamin, yeah, this one, um, again, he isn't a huge name, so this isn't someone you're selling, like, crazy, crazy high, but it's more that you're kind of getting out from under him before the regression really hits. Um, his snap count has been sort of dwarfed by Tyrell Williams since week two, you know, since Tyrell really kind of stepped in as the guy, you know, not just during the game where Keenan went down. Uh, so Tyrell's been out snapping him. Um, he got out-targeted, Tyrell did, than Benjamin last week. So Benjamin's kind of like slowly fading behind Tyrell. Um, yeah. So the idea is you can sell him on the narrative of, oh, he's the number one receiver there because Tyrell didn't really do much last week despite out-snapping and out-targeting Travis. Yep. So he's he's that guy that, you know, you're selling him as, oh, no, he's the number one. And the reason that he's a sell this week and not, you know, next week or the week after is that uh, they get in New Orleans this week, and there's this, you know, if – Tyrell is out-snapping and out-targeting Travis Benjamin. He could end up with a bigger game than him, and then sort of the trying to sell Travis as the number one guy there kind of goes out the window. Yeah, and it seems to me that Tyrell Williams is, fits more into that mold of a wide receiver one. Yeah, uh, Travis Benjamin is kind of the uh, like the Tavon Austin type of wide receiver for the San Diego Chargers. So they try a lot of different things with him. Sometimes they'll run deep routes. Sometimes they'll run these horizontal plays to try to allow him to run with the ball in the open field. But we know that Philip Rivers likes throwing to the wide receiver that is built like a wide receiver one, right. and that would be Tyrell Williams. Uh, it was Keenan Allen. Yeah, uh, and Philip Rivers peppered Keenan Allen with targets. Travis Benjamin doesn't really fit into that same mold. So while he will still probably put up usable weeks, just because of the makeup of San Diego's offense and right. uh, they might be trailing in a lot of games, game script might help him out. But I think Tyrell Williams will kind of assert himself as a better wide receiver. So. Travis Benjamin, I mean, he has some value right now because of his last couple of games. Right. Uh, but just like you were saying, I think Tyrell Williams will be the better wide receiver throughout the rest of the season. So you might be able to trade Travis Benjamin for uh, like a middle of the road running back. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're selling Travis probably as like a wide receiver, too. So you're kind of trying to get like a like a probably a lower end RB2 out of it. But you want to target a guy who has upside that's kind of could turn into something. Like, I, if I had Travis Benjamin, I wouldn't have a problem going to, like, the Jordan Howard owner and seeing if you can make that swap because uh, Jordan Howard is on the verge of potentially being the guy. I mean, he's going to be the guy this week, and he could be it the rest of the season if he runs away with it. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't have a problem making that deal. I mean, if, if Travis Benjamin is, like, your third or fourth wide receiver, then definitely go I mean, out and shop him before around you drafted him that's kind of yeah, the i would too. hope so but you never yeah. know i mean yeah. you might have gone full robust and travis travis benjamin is your uh wide receiver one <laughs> oh boy ugly or or you were like a your wide receiving core was keenan allen uh sammy watkins mm-hmm. and des bryant and then all of a sudden travis benjamin is your wide receiver one by default <laughs> Just that'd ugly, be, ugly, ugly. Such bad luck. Um, so would you trade Travis Benjamin Here we go. for, let's see here. Mm, who's who's another running back even? I, Jordan Howard was a name I wanted. What about Dwayne Washington? Hmm. I think that's a little premature. I mean... 
I feel like you kind of have to buy Dwayne Washington this week, though, just because of the, the prime matchup against Chicago. Um, <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. So he might have a big week. So you kind of have to get Dwayne now. Um, Travis might be a little bit much, but I don't really mind it, you know, because if you're selling him as your third or fourth wide receiver and you're running back needy, um, I think I'd probably you do might that have trade. Give, you, yeah, you might have to give a little bit to get that running back. Yeah. What about Matt Jones? Matt Jones. You know, I think I would do it. Um, honestly, because I think Matt Jones is someone who could be useful to sell, um, in the coming weeks after this week where he plays Cleveland, um, he could have a nice week and then you could kind of point to how he has three double digit weeks out of the last four. You could probably sell Matt Jones as like a legit RB two and get something nice out of that. So that's kind of like a, you're trading a guy whose value is going down for one that's about to go up just so you can then trade that piece. Um, Matt Jones. So yeah, I would do that. Would you trade Travis Benjamin for Jonathan Stewart if you want to stash a running back? <laughs> That's kind of I get I worry about Jonathan Stewart um, just because we we kind of saw this last year once you know the ankle injury tends to linger for him. Um, well, if that's the case, would you trade Benjamin for one Cameron Artis Payne? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I, Cap and um, Fozzie, like, because it's like a full split. It's kind of useless having either of them, honestly. Here's um, an interesting one. Okay. Would you trade Travis Benjamin for Kenneth Dixon? Um, I want to buy Kenneth Dixon, but I think you can get more for Benjamin than that. Fair enough. All right, I think that's enough of Travis Benjamin. Yeah. Uh, you know, what about Kelvin Benjamin? But I trade Travis Benjamin for Kelvin. Yes, yeah, so I would <laughs> Just do that. Just a Benjamin for Benjamin. I mean, you, it's what you put up a goose egg <laughs> last week. He's definitely available now. All right, I think that's enough for ourselves. It was a shorter list, but we spent quite a bit of time on it. Yeah, we kind of. So let's in. go to our uh, quickly mention our holds. Uh, yeah. This shouldn't take more than a couple minutes. These guys have been popular. Well, one of them has been very popular in terms of you should sell him. The other one just had a like explosive week and is now actually the wide receiver one in fantasy hmm. through three weeks. That is Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah. Marvin Jones, insane against Green Bay. Yeah. Now, game script is perfect. Uh, they were behind by a lot the entire game. But Jim, Jim Bob Cooter, Jimmy Bobby, he loves throwing the ball. We've seen Matthew Stafford become a top quarterback with Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah. So I think Marvin Jones is a hold at this point. I mean, Golden Tate has kind of faded into obscurity. He's almost I mean, droppable, he is, Jesus. He's, I mean, he's borderline. You definitely, yeah. he's not startable anymore. No. And if he puts up a couple more weeks like this, then he loses that yeah. draft equity name value that you have on him right now. Yeah, I mean, Golden Tate, the, the time has kind of passed for you to trade him. You just have to hope that he snaps out of it or that Marvin Jones gets injured. Not that you should ever <laughs> hope that a player gets injured. But Marvin Jones, I mean, he is the new Calvin Johnson in that offense. <laughs> I he mean, is I Calvin Johnson. He is. We are saying Marvin Jones is Calvin Johnson. Um, yeah, Marvin no, Tron. I'm with you. I mean, this was – I don't think he's going to have 32 points again. Um, I think that's this was just like the perfect scenario of like – the game script was perfect. Green Bay's defense is just, like, so banged up right now. So many of those plays, he was just, like, wide open. Um, I don't think we're going to see that happen too much often. But 
against Chicago this week. Maybe against Chicago, um, in which case maybe he's a sell next week. Um, but I, I, I just yeah I agree with you. He's a hold because you know the volume and what's looking like a very good offense. Um, he's kind of the de facto like deep threat there. He's probably a wide receiver one the rest of the way, not the wide receiver one. But he's probably like top 10, top 12 the rest of the way. Like, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Marvin Jones is you have to think about, okay, you probably drafted him in the sixth round. Yeah. So you likely have some elite wide receivers ahead of him. So your depth at this point is probably out of control. If you have like Marvin Jones, you have somebody like Mike Evans or even Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. you might have Keenan like Allen. all three of those guys. <laughs> Keenan out, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, Sammy. Des Bryant. Des Bryant. <laughs> what if a wide receiver didn't get hurt though? Oh, it doesn't <laughs> happen. It never happens. Yeah, so Marvin Jones, I think there's no need. Uh, you probably no. can't get fair return for him anyways at this point because people are like he's marvin jones he's a flash in the pan who is who marvin jones who yeah, the name value isn't there not yet anyway so you wouldn't be able to sell him as this top tier guy which is would be the point of selling him after that week so now he's a hold just enjoy what is probably going to be pretty like pretty safe production motherfucker jones Mo- yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> there it is uh now Lagara blunt is another one that yes. uh will probably be a sell relatively soon as soon as but our week. take on the yeah as soon as next week our take on the garrett blunt is uh hold him for one more week because he'll probably rack up even more points and at that point his value will be even higher mm. um because four weeks into the season i mean he's an rb1 and he probably will continue to be an rb1 we're assuming against buffalo this week yeah. uh so hold him one more week brady's not coming back until week five Gronk's still kind of hampered by this injury. Uh, they're going to be running Blunt a lot. James White has basically been insignificant in that offense. Yeah, uh, It's been all Blunt. So, yeah, hold on to him. See what he does this week against Buffalo because then you have four solid weeks to look back on, to use his trade narrative. Mm-hmm. Be like, look, he's the RB1. The RB1. He's the RB1. No, he won't be the RB1, but he will be a RB1. He will next be a RB1. Yeah. No, yeah. We'll talk yeah. about that next week. But yeah, hold one more week because he's, his value should be even higher after he presumably just trash cans the Buffaloes. Hey, the, the Buffaloes. The Buffaloes, yes. yes. Uh, is there okay, any other holds uh, or is that it? Uh, that's pretty much it. I think yeah. we should move on to our buys because it's a longer list. It is, yeah. It is a longer list. Um, the name I want to throw out first and foremost is Amari Cooper. Oh. Mm. I'm on the clock and it's Amari. Got it. Yep. Very well. Amari Cooper, uh, he's, he had an okay week against Tennessee. Uh, the targets were there. He was like one play away from having a monster week. A car just slightly overthrew him on what would have been like a 50-yard touchdown. So if you would have added that to his his 6.2 points and he would have been like a wide receiver one last week, mm-hmm. uh, just missed. The opportunity is there, but if you look through three games, I mean, he had a big week one against New Orleans, and that was on yardage alone. Uh, last week, eh, it was okay, right? Well, he saw a lot of true font, didn't he? Yeah, he saw a lot of Trufant. He made this ridiculous catch where he, like, levitated in the air. But <laughs> it, it wasn't great. He's been around, like, six to eight points the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So 
his numbers have been slightly down. I don't think for a minute that this will continue. He has zero touchdowns on the year. That won't continue. He is still being heavily targeted. He has the same amount of targets as, uh, like, Odell Beckham. He has mm-hmm. uh, Allen Robinson is in this range. He has more targets than DeAndre Hopkins. He has more targets than Brandon Marshall. So his usage is not a concern. And that's when you want to try to jump on a player that's had a couple of down weeks. Nothing's really changed with his usage, uh, but his numbers haven't quite been there. Uh, this week, I think he will probably return to the 10-plus point range mm-hmm. against Baltimore. Uh, so I would go out and buy Amari Cooper right now if you can. Uh, it might cost a, a pretty penny still to get Amari Cooper because he still has that name value. But I yeah. think it will be cheaper than what it normally would be. Certainly later on in the season, if you start scoring touchdowns, he'll probably be untouchable. So now's the time to go out and try to make an offer. I mean, maybe you're deep in a certain position. You can offer Amari Cooper. Maybe you have somebody who has a huge name, but mm-hmm. you want to get rid of. Like, say you had okay. Gronk on Ooh. your team. And, yeah, you probably want to hold out until Brady comes back to see if Gronk can put up you know his 20 point weeks like he normally does but the thing with the tight end position this year is it's been kind of all over the place Mm -hmm. right and who's to say that it won't continue with Gronk and what advantage would you really have you know or what disadvantage should I say if you trade Gronk for depth in another position you go with somebody like I don't know Eric Ebron and most times you'll probably still be winning the tight end battle. So would you trade Gronk for Amari Cooper? That's a tough one, um, only because, you know, Gronk's name, in theory, commands a lot of value. But as we've seen in, like, one of our own leagues, it hasn't really been the case. Um, I might do it just because, yeah, you know, Amari Cooper's, t- you know, a touchdown away from everyone being like, oh, right, he's a wide receiver one. You know, he's, he's like, right on the edge of that, which is why, you know, you kind of got to buy him now before they come. Um, I guess I'd do that. The thing with Gronk that has kept me from making any offers on him through all these injuries is that he doesn't really give the team that has him that much of an advantage uh, because let's say you're playing, you don't own Gronk. Well, you're only going to face the Gronk owner once during the regular season, maybe twice, um, and maybe like you know during playoffs. But if they need to have a great team other than Gronk for that to really matter, you know, Gronk's not going to be the reason they win their week on his own, you know, he helps, that's not it. So not owning Gronk actually doesn't hurt you that much because the rest of the tight end market is just so up and down. Um, yeah. So I don't really, yeah, I, I'd probably do that, you know, depending on my wide receiver situation. You know, if I was like, oh, man, you know, oh, you know, I had Keenan or Sammy or Dez, and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of thin now, yeah, I'd probably do that. Well, that begs the question then, should you be selling – we didn't talk about him in the sell portion, but would you sell Gronk for additional depth throughout the rest of your lineup or like an elite player at a different position because of his name? Um, probably not yet. The only reason I wouldn't say Gronk is in a sell yet is because you know, he, hasn't, he hasn't done anything. Even, like his name is worth played. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe after he has one big game, it's like, look, Gronk is back. Then I might consider selling him because he has, you know, he's been kind of injury prone throughout his career. Um, so I think I'd probably hold hold Gronk just until his his value spikes again. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move on, but buy Amari Cooper if you can. Yeah. Uh, next is another elite wide receiver, uh, Brandon Marshall. Oh. 
The thing with Brandon Marshall is he has this like lingering knee issue, mm. uh, something to keep an eye on. But news broke today. We didn't talk about this in the news section that the Jets are extremely concerned with Decker's shoulder. Yeah. And it sounds like it might be a long term thing. Like he's going to get an MRI, I think, like now, yeah. tomorrow, maybe somewhere around that time frame. So keep an eye out for news on Eric Decker, because if he's out, then it's going to be a lot of Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall hasn't really had that week yet. I mean, he had a down week one. Mm-hmm. He had an okay week two just because he went over 100 yards, but yeah. last week was pretty abysmal as well. Yeah. Uh, the targets are still there with Brandon Marshall. He's still getting red zone targets. I mean, he has 27 targets on the year through three games, so that's right. almost, you know, that's nine, ten a game. Uh, Brandon Marshall, what do you think? What would you pay to get Brandon Marshall? Um, I definitely like the idea of buying him, uh, especially, yeah, with, like, the, the Decker news. Like, they're talking about, like, oh, the, the team's weird. It might be something really serious. Like, Decker might – we might be, like, one news player away from hearing Decker's missing you know, half the season. Who knows? Um, yeah. So, yeah, you definitely got to buy him this week. Um, even with Seattle coming up, just, you know, the targets might be so much it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't want to sell anything too much just because, you know, with the with the lingering, like, knee issue and his, like, lack of production, you should be able to get him for, like, a pretty, like, wide receiver two-ish price. Um, like, running. Well, actually, you bring up a good point because he's going against Seattle this week. Yeah. Uh, maybe he has another bad week, and then his value will decrease even further. Um, yeah. I mean, would you wait then till he plays Seattle? Uh, I'd probably feel out the owner, see if they're like in full panic mode. You know, I tend to, when I'm looking to like buy or sell a player, I kind of, even though I don't usually give the advice to do it myself, I like to do it a week early, you know, sell them when they have a really good matchup, buy them when they have one more bad matchup because you're more likely to be able to pull off the trade. Whereas if you're trying to buy Marshall or yeah, buy Marshall next week, you might be like, oh, he has a good matchup this week. He's going to bounce back. Whereas the owner is probably like, oh, he's got Seattle this week. Oh, do I start? And they're probably worried about the headache of what to do with Brandon Marshall. Um, that's true. So that's, that's a great point. Yeah. So I, I could go either way. I'm probably poking the owner being like, hey, you know, will you take like, you know, an RB2 type guy for him? And if the answer is no, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to wait. Then, you know, let him probably have a down week against Seattle and then revisit the conversation. Well, I mean, if, if you want to use like our league, for an example, the, the Brandon Marshall owner has an okay amount of wide receiver depth, mm-hmm. but his running backs are David Johnson and Jay Ajahi. Ooh. So if he has Jay Ajahi as his, his running back too, mm-hmm. he definitely needs a running back. Yeah. So if, if you are in a similar situation, definitely look at the Brandon Marshall owner, look at his team makeup, and like you said, poke him a little bit and say, hey, will you take you know, an RB2 for Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. And if you can afford to give up that RB2, you're not in like that situation where you're starting Jay Ajahi, then you can probably afford to give up a running back maybe if you have yeah. the depth. Uh, and to get an elite wide receiver like Brandon Marshall who will rebound, uh, assuming this knee thing isn't going to go on the entire season. Which I mean, probably he practiced won't. fully I mean, he today, played. so he's, yeah. he's in good shape to be fine. Yeah, so I, I would uh, definitely kick the tires on Brandon Marshall. You could use the narrative about, you know, he's playing Seattle uh, this week. You need to get rid of him. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. Um, exactly. Like, yeah. if they're, 
like maybe Charles Sims is someone, even though he's only filling in for a few weeks, you know, he had a, a big statistical week, even though like, you know, he, I, I watched a lot of that game. He didn't look amazing, but the numbers were there. Um, and, you know, Doug Martin, we've seen this injury story with him before. It's a hammy thing. Does it linger? I would, I would tell Charles Sims to Brandon Marshall. Um, and I'd even go a little high. I might do, would you do Tevin Coleman for Brandon Marshall? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that's more realistic, I think. Yeah, definitely, especially after his three-touchdown three game. Yeah. I mean, with Doug Martin coming back probably after the bye, I would imagine, mm-hmm. they, they put a three-week timetable on his injury. Uh, with Sims, you probably have to package somebody else yeah, unless sure. the owner is so desperate, like they have to have a running back and they might take Sims. You might be able to twist the trade narrative, but you might have to be talking to somebody who's, you know, uninformed a little bit that doesn't know that Barton's coming back. So I would package Sims with somebody to get Marshall, but Tevin Coleman is somebody I would do a one for one for like in a heartbeat. What about a Jeremy Hill for Brandon Marshall? Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. I think that's, that one is also, I think probably realistic after his like big week three, the schedule gets soft. Jeremy Hill isn't really a sell for me, but, I think I would do it for Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of options there. I mean, the question I have for Doug Martin is, do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? <laughs> yep, there we go. Cranberries There it is. Moving in. on. Moving Can't on. have an episode without the cranberries. So we no. talked about two elite wide receivers. We might as well bring in another one right. and talk about A.J. Green. A.J. Green. This one... It's, you know, you're probably not going to be able to buy him realistically. The name is too yeah. worth too much. He's already had one big week. So it's not like there's this thing of like, oh, man, maybe it just isn't happening for him. So yeah. it's unlikely. But, you know, he's had two bad weeks in a row. So maybe the, you know, the green owner is frustrated. They think, oh, he's going to be up and down all year, which historically A.J. Green kind of has been. But the reason yeah. why he's worth a buy this week is that as soon as, I mean, you'll be seeing this video on Thursday. So today uh, he plays Miami. And... Byron Maxwell just made Terrell Pryor look like uh, Randy Rice, which is Randy Moss plus Jerry Rice. Um, I want that guy on my team. You want, you want Randy Rice on your team? Yeah, I want Randy Rice. What's his value? <laughs> what can I get him for? Um, yeah, so A.J. Green's just going to like eat his soul. He's going to feast on him. Um, and so that, that's, you know, A.J. Green's going to bounce back. The owner's going to be like, oh, no, never mind. He's fine. So that's why it's kind of like just poke the owner to see like if he's if he's frustrated if he's hurting at running back depth or you know AJ Green's his only viable wide receiver then maybe you can give him two wide receivers for AJ Green. Um, yeah, it, it could be possible. Again, this might be really late because if he yeah. just destroys the Miami secondary and Byron Maxwell, then it's probably not going to happen. We're just going to. Poke him, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That we don't need to go much more than that one. It's just like a poke the age of the green owner, see how he feels. Maybe, maybe he's panicking. Yeah. Uh, next, it, we're going to shift positions to the running back. Oh. Let's look at uh, an elite level running back. Oh. Probably win at the end of the first round this year. Mm. Maybe early second, mm. uh, which would have been fantastic value, by the way. But mm. one Lamar Zard Miller. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, you drafted him in the second round, right? <laughs> obviously. Yeah, no, Lamar, Lamar Miller. Um, this is, like, kind of the same story as Amari Cooper. Oh, just, like, the volume's there, the yardage is there, just the touchdowns aren't. But they're, Touchdowns aren't. They're coming. They're coming, yeah. And he hasn't been super efficient with his workload, which I guess is a little concerning. His, like, yards per carry is floating around three, which, you know, you don't love. But the volume is just, you know, 
it's so bountiful. It kind of doesn't matter. He's an RB1 off of volume alone. And as soon as he starts getting touchdowns, he'll, you know, he'll b- jump up into that, you know, top three, top five running back conversation. Um, yeah. I w- yeah. W- the most I got are what I really pulled away from that New England game was that Lamar Miller is he is prepared to be the workhorse back and get 30 touches a game. And you can tell by the way he runs. Yeah. Like he is not a violent runner right now, which could speak to his inefficiency a little bit. Like he is mm-hmm. not fighting for extra yards. And there were a couple of s- situations where he got the ball out in the flat and was about to take a hit and then just kind of fell on the ground. Like he didn't <laughs> even want the contact. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the coaches are telling him like, look, you don't need to take any unnecessary hits. Like we don't need you out there battling for an extra yard or two. Uh, if it's going to hurt you over the course of the season, uh, because we plan on giving you 25 to 30 touches every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be the case. And that would be encouraging uh, for me because right now he has a 10 point floor, which is yeah. very good. Yeah, uh, floor. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet because if mm-hmm. you add some touchdowns to the mix, um, yeah, I mean, people will realize why they drafted him in the first round or the second round. And he kind of has that like, home run hitting potential as well. Mm-hmm. So he has a potential to rip off like a 60, 70 yard touchdown um, to go on top of his volume as well. So he'll have some 20, 30 point weeks. They're coming. Oh yeah. Um, and to mix that in with a 10 point floor and you're looking at like, you know, an RB top five RB the rest of the way. Uh, but yeah, the touchdowns haven't been there. You might as well poke around. Yeah. Uh, the the thing with Lamar Miller is uh, yeah. Like poke the owner, but they played Tennessee this week who are actually like a pretty good run defense. Uh, yeah. Hell, you know, we saw him hold Latavius to like 3.7 yards per carry, whatever it was. They um, held Adrian Peterson to like one yard a carry. Yeah. The, like a carry away from knee explosion, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's actually like a pretty good run defense. So he might have another one of these like, you know, eight, nine, ten point games, and then it's just a little bit easier to buy him. But he also might get in the end zone just because that secondary is really bad. So if they get in scoring position, maybe he, for all we know, Lamar Miller has one of these, like, 60 yards and two touchdown games. And then, oh, no, there goes buying him. Yeah. Well, shoot, I'd take it. I'd take the touchdowns at this point. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing with Lamar Miller is that his offensive line has been a little bit banged up. Uh, getting healthier uh, should be fully healthy this week or next week. Uh, so if, if all the starters are there on the offensive line, I think he'll be more effective. Uh, yeah, I think that's all there really is to say about Lamar Miller. It's worth checking in on. It's, mm-hmm. It might not be realistic at this point. Uh, three weeks in is still a little bit early to bail on your first-round draft pick, yeah. second-round draft pick. The owner's probably holding out a little bit longer. Because he hasn't been bad enough to where, like, they're panicking. Yeah. Because they're probably thinking the same thing, looking at a stat line. Like, okay, he's put up 10 points every week, uh, and he hasn't scored a touchdown He'll be fine, that type of thing. But, I mean, what would you give up to get Lamar Miller? Would you give up something super valuable? I mean, I think you – what you're doing with Lamar Miller if you're buying him, because you're not buying him that low. You're buying him as, like, a low-end RB1, and you think he's going to bounce back to, like, a top three guy. Um, so, I mean, I – Would you do Freeman and Coleman for Lamar Miller? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that one. Um I think I might, and I, I don't think that would be that hard to do if that person's running back depth is kind of worrisome behind Lamar Miller. Yeah. Hey, I might try not to bad. get him what to, about, like, 
kick in another like cheaper piece. But yeah, I think I'd probably do that. Okay. Um, who else could you possibly? What about okay? You have Legarrette Blunt. Hmm. You want to package him with somebody else to get Lamar Miller. Oh, that's interesting. You package Legarrette Blunt with like a somebody who's usable in the wide receiver position. Okay, let's just throw out Michael Crabtree. <laughs> Legarrette Blunt and Michael Crabtree for Lamar Miller. You're, you're taking that trade, right? Um, I'm I'm the Legarrette Blunt owner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm doing okay. that. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I, I don't think they would take that only because um, Crabtree, despite, like, producing, like, pretty well these first few weeks, like, he still gets treated like he's nobody. Um, yeah. So you probably wouldn't be able to pull that off. What about LeGarrette Blunt and Larry Fitzgerald? Mm, that's a little bit closer. Um, I think I'd do that, yeah. Because, you know, Fitz is someone you want to sell at some point. Maybe not yeah. as soon as this week, but in the, like, the upcoming weeks, you're going to want to sell Fitz, and you're going to try to sell a Garrett Blunt anyway. Um, I think I'd probably do that, yeah. All right. Le- Le'Veon Bell for Lamar Miller. <laughs> nah, I'm going to stick with Bell now. <laughs> you're like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on that although, one. Yeah. Although, look, I'm not saying sell Bell. <laughs> sell Bell. I'm not saying sell Bell because, I, I, you know, he's probably going to be a top three running back. But right now, his value is actually at its peak because people are already talking about him like he's the number one running back, and he hasn't played at all this year. He's already getting like, oh, no, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, number one back. Um, and it's, it's possible, not likely, but possible. We see more D'Angelo Mixon because he's coming off a knee injury. Maybe the Steelers are like, oh, man, we kind of have been running Le'Veon a little too much into the ground. Let's, like, mix in D-Will a little bit. And, you know, yep. maybe instead of a – top three running back he's just a you know a run-of-the-mill rb1 which is still great but i'm not saying sell bell but you know if someone approaches you and is willing to pay you like top dollar for him i'd listen depending on the rest of my team would you would you take david johnson if they were like one for one david johnson for Le'Veon bell i think yeah. i'd do it yeah because we've seen it with david johnson he's done it he is he's the guy in arizona he's game script proof he seems to have one of these like video game runs every game. Yeah, I think I'd have David Johnson. Fair enough. I'd probably make that trade too. Yeah. I don't know. I've I want to see Lev Bell play because the thing is yeah. we've seen we've seen it with David Johnson this year, yes, but we've also seen D'Angelo Williams put up like two ridiculous games. Yeah, yeah, he had a down week against Philadelphia. But the way he was being used before that Philadelphia game, and you mentioned that Pittsburgh, they kind of have these dud games every once in a while. Yeah. Uh I still think Lev Bell, if he's in that game against Philly, he probably puts up a, a decent stat line. Oh, probably, I yeah. think, yeah. I mean, he's better than D'Angelo Williams. There's no yeah. argument there. The offense really is conducive for a running back one, essentially. We've seen it with D'Angelo Williams. I think Lev Bell comes back, and he is, uh, you know, I would say top three the rest of the way. I think yeah, you I are think right, so, though. Yeah. I think, I mean, D'Angelo Williams is not going to just disappear. Yeah. The, he will enter the game. Uh, I was reading a Roto World blurb about them using them both in the same backfield mm-hmm. uh which means that maybe left bell will see more passing work um i don't know either way he'll be used he'll probably get 20 to 30 touches somewhere in that range 25 30 i mean he'll be heavily utilized 25 30 to percent you mean 20 yeah <laughs> so 20 to 30 touches jesus he's the guy <laughs> uh well i'm talking about left bell Oh, Lev Bell. I thought you were talking Le- about Lev Bell is going to oh. get those. D- no, no, no. D will probably get like five to ten touches a game. Okay. Yeah, that sounds realistic. 
probably you're, if you're a Lev Bell owner, you're hoping it's closer to five. You don't, you don't want D'Angelo Williams touching the ball ten times if you're a Lev Bell yeah, owner. Yeah, it's not great for him. Um, I mean, yeah, we're not saying sell Bell, uh, but, you know, if, if someone approaches you and is like, let me buy Le'Veon Bell, um, he's not untradeable, you know? Like, he, there, there's a price where he is like, Nobody oh, yeah, is untradeable. Except for David for Johnson, the right- apparently. Uh, for David Johnson. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's move away from the elite guys. Yeah, let's get, let's get into the, the trenches a little bit, the cheaper guys that you like. These elite guys are probably going to have trouble landing, but one of these cheaper guys you got a good shot at. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should just cut this out and make it our own segment, like the more realistic buys. Mm. Uh, right now, I'm just going to throw out Kevin White. Yeah. The Chicago Football Bears. Mm, the Football Bears. The foot dub bears. Uh, Kevin White is, you know, it's been an interesting narrative surrounding Kevin White. In the preseason, it was like, oh my gosh, he's this freakish talent. Now people realize why he was in the same conversation as Amari Cooper. Like, which one of these is going to be the first wide receiver off the board? Uh, it was Cooper. Uh, Kevin White wasn't drafted that much mm-hmm. behind Amari. Uh, then he missed his entire rookie year. So this for all intents and purposes, is his rookie year. Yeah. Um, He had to kind of adjust to the NFL in the preseason. Wasn't that impressive, okay? The first couple weeks wasn't that impressive. I mean, he's still learning, you know, his route tree, essentially. Yeah. He's still learning how to run uh, down the sideline, effectively use the sideline because he's this outside receiver. But in his week three game against Dallas, he was targeted 14 times. That's absurd. That's a lot of targets. That's a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. 14 targets. Uh, he didn't score. I mean, he didn't have a huge stat line either. But the usage is encouraging, especially if you consider that Alshon's banged up. Yeah. Uh, he has Bran- uh, Brandon. He has Brian Hoyer throwing to him right now. Prolific. For the for- <laughs> prolific Hoyer. But, you know, there's always that, that narrative around the backup quarterback in the wide receiver two yeah uh oftentimes he finds his comfort zone in the wide receiver two uh we saw this with jordan matthews his rookie year in philadelphia uh we might see this with kevin white this year uh moving on from this point and i think because he hasn't had that explosive week that people are straight just giving up on kevin white yeah he might be a wire he might be a waiver wire pickup honestly yeah so what do you think about Kevin White? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you on buying him. Um, he's probably more of like a, a second-half guy than, yeah. you know, he probably needs at least another like, month before he really develops. But the reason we're saying buy now is because he gets the Lions this week. And that, man, that secondary is looking just awful. Just like they're not looking <laughs> good. So it's possible Kevin White sees another, you know, double-digit target game and actually puts yeah. together something good, you know, even if it's in garbage time, you know, if he can, if he gets a touchdown and still ends up with like 60 to 80 yards and all of a sudden, you know, he's not cheap anymore. Uh, Cause his name is, has a lot of hype behind it. Uh, so yeah, the Kevin White hype train. Yeah. So this might be the lowest his value is all year. So that's kind of why it's, it's buying now. Um, yeah. So this is probably someone you're get, taking off the end of your bench to get for him or to trade for him. So what, what would you give to get Kevin White? To get Kevin White, uh, well, I think the narrative is really easy to spin because Chicago's offense looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not a good team at this point. Yeah. So you're basically trading for a wide receiver two 
in a terrible offense. His value shouldn't be that high, especially in a redraft league. Uh, in a keeper or dynasty league, I think Kevin White is probably going to be hard to trade for because yeah. he still has that potential. Uh, but in a redraft league, I think you should be able to get him for fairly cheap. I mean, if you have guys on the end of your bench that have put up okay numbers in the recent weeks, like let's just say Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he just put up a great week. Yeah. Uh, somebody we've talked about a lot is John Brown. We mentioned him earlier in this show. We're going to talk about him again because we're really invested in John Brown. Mm -hmm. So John Brown suffered from a concussion in the preseason, lost his entire preseason. Yes, he played in the fourth preseason game. I think he saw two series, but basically didn't have an offseason workout program uh, because of his concussion. Week one, underwhelming. Week mm -hmm. two, underwhelming. People started to give up on John Brown. Like, okay, there are too many mouths to feed in that Arizona offense. He's just not going to establish himself. Well, week three, promising. Uh, before week three, there was actually an article that came out that was talking about how John Brown, who fully admitted he was not close to being up to speed yet, that he was getting himself back into game shape and he didn't feel explosive like he normally does but he was getting closer to that point mm. well in week three against buffalo he actually led the team in receiving yards we mentioned this uh led the team in targets uh it was an uninspiring performance from the entire offense yeah but it was good to see john brown get that involved and especially when you consider michael floyd has been really really bad this year yeah like you could talk about john brown being bad but john brown has not really been used there's a difference. Michael Floyd has been used, and he's been bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is, has a concussion. Uh, now, he's been cleared for practice, I think. I don't know if he was cleared for contact, but it's looking like he's trending towards maybe being able to suit up this week. But even so, I think John Brown is going to kind of reestablish himself in that offense starting this week. I think mm. three weeks now have gone by. He's probably just getting back to where he needs to be. And he will take over that wide receiver one, wide receiver two spot in the Arizona offense. So uh, I like John Brown as a buy low. Uh, you can probably buy him for pretty cheap at yeah. this point. He, he, didn't, he didn't explode. It wasn't a huge game. It was just the targets were promising. The yardage is, you know, enough to so be like, okay, he's starting to get back into it. So he still should be pretty cheap. He still should be like a bench player you're giving for him, not someone you'd actually be using as a starter. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it might be your last week to do it. You know, maybe this week against the Rams, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where he finally explodes. So It could be. Here's the trade right here. Okay. Golden Tate for John Brown. Cool. That's interesting. I, that might be doable just off of Golden Tate's name. and Just be like, nah, he's going to bounce back. It's just a slow start. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Golden, Golden Day was probably drafted before John Brown because he was supposed to be the wide receiver one in Detroit, their pass-heavy offense. Mm -hmm. uh, there still is a narrative around Golden Tate being a part of that offense, but I just have uh, been kind of underwhelmed by his performance so far yeah. to this point of the season. Uh, I don't think Golden Tate is startable right now with the way Marvin no. Jones has played and the way that they're utilizing Eric Ebron, actually and Anquan Bolden to a certain extent. Golden Tate's work has all been around the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, he might be somewhat usable in the PPR league if you're in a standard format. 
then yeah, I'm taking that trade. Golden Golden Tate for John Brown any day of the week. I'm taking Brown. Yeah, I think your idea is you're you're buying Brown as if he's priced as like a wide receiver four. So you want to some like a yep. running back four, or some other wide receiver in that range. Like Golden Tate's a good example. Uh, I trade Mike Wallace for John Brown too, and even though he had yeah. a slow week this last week, because you know the first two weeks might be enough to still get that done. Um, There's yeah. a lot of guys in that in that range who you could probably trade for John Brown. Would you do and Kenneth Dixon for John Brown? No. Yeah, I guess well, that. I mean, it depends. I, I said no so quickly because of the fact that Kenneth Dixon could be one of these guys that ends up having a late season impact that might potentially win you a league. Yeah, it could be because this year's it sounds David like it sounds like Harbaugh's fed up with what he has right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's basically got nothing from Forsett or Terrence West. Uh, Buck Allen has he's gone. Like, where did Buck Allen go? He's not even. <laughs> Who knows if he's still on the team? Yeah. Uh, so Kenneth Dixon can come in and easily steal the job. I mean, it's more of a like last half of the season type of thing. You know, if I really needed a wide receiver and I was deep at running back, then I might trade Kenneth Dixon for John Brown. Yeah, but I mean, I think I'd wait with Kenneth Dixon. Somebody you want to stash? You don't want to just throw out in a trade. You. The likelihood is that you had Kenneth Dixon on your bench uh, from the start of the year, or maybe you picked him up a couple of weeks ago, and he's been just sitting on your bench. So you want to make sure you get some value back for burning that bench spot for so long. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd I'd trade Mike Wallace for John Brown in a heartbeat. I'd trade trade Michael Floyd for John Brown. I'd trade the other other receiver— in the Arizona offense for John Brown at this point, because I think he is going to kind of insert himself back into that wide receiver two discussion starting this week. You know who the perfect running back to buy John Brown with is? Uh, Orleans Darkwa, coming <laughs> off of like 50 yards and a touchdown. So he had double-digit fantasy points. Um, Farina is hurt, so you could argue that, oh, man, you know, Jennings is always hurt. Darkwa is going to be the guy. But the truth is, that backfield is going to be a rotation. Bobby Rainey's there. Um, Jennings isn't going to go away unless he has, like, a season-ending injury. Like, Dark was yeah. kind of a useless guy to have on the end of your bench, honestly. I didn't really get the hype to pick him up this week. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if Jennings comes back and he's healthy, then he's going to be the guy. I mean, yeah. there have been talk of it being a, a committee, and they're even hyping up Paul Perkins again, who was a name that was popular Perkins, in the offseason. Yeah. Paul Perkins, but I think if Jennings comes back this week, uh, it's not a great matchup. It's a terrible matchup, actually, but mm-hmm. I think he'll be the the lead back there. So, yeah, Darkwa yeah. for Brown. I could see like, Simon, if, they're, yeah. if they're running back desperate, they might be like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he, he might have a real role, and John Brown's just sitting on my bench useless. You know, that's, that's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, you, you could probably get John Brown for really, really cheap. Yeah. Uh, I think he's only owned in, like, 65 to 70 percent of leagues yeah, so there's a chance him. he's he's on the wire as well so if he's out there on the waiver wire definitely pick him up uh if you can trade a back end bench piece for him do that yeah, now that's what it is do it come on uh, do it uh let's i kind of touched on this guy we were talking about travis benjamin but i want to like give yep. him his own shout out uh and that's buying low on uh tyrell williams uh what yes. i was saying before that he's out snapping travis benjamin he's out targeting Travis Benjamin, and the reason you're buying him now is that he gets the Saints this week, and he should just go just go absolutely bananas on these kids. Um, <laughs> and it's in San Diego, which is a good sign for Rivers. Um, yeah, 
his value is probably going to spike after this. And because, you know, he had a decent week two, but a really quiet week three, you could probably get him for pretty cheap. Uh, a similar price as John Brown probably you could get Tyrell Williams for. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a good game two weeks ago, but last week it was, was nothing amazing. So, yeah. and he doesn't really have that name right now. No. People are like, Tyrell who? Like, what? Yeah, people still think that Travis Benjamin is the guy soaking up those extra targets, yeah. but nah, it's, it's Tyrell. He just hasn't exploded like a diaper yet. He will this week. People still think that Keenan Allen is a guy in San Diego because nobody <laughs> pays attention to the Chargers. They're but insignificant. Nah, Keenan Allen's there, isn't he? <laughs> so <laughs> I have to take my jabs at other AFC West teams when sure, I can. Sure, why not? Um, sure, also, sure, 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 sure. It also helps that uh, Antonio Gates seemed to be just like, losing his battle with father time like it seems like gates is finally reaching the end of the road so that that, on, that only helps tyrell williams sounded like you're gonna say cancer or something he's losing his battle with uh with fantasy football cancer, fantasy uh, cancer. Yeah. antonio gates yeah. is fantasy cancer he's he's dying yeah it seems like it i mean yeah. he is kind of i mean he's borderline droppable at this point yeah i mean it was that's one it, it, it kind of grinds my gears a little bit for, like, a brief tangent. It grinds my gears when the fantasy community gets hot about a player in the preseason, and then they clearly don't pan out, and they, that player just kind of gets brushed aside like they were never talked about. Antonio Gates was a pretty, like, hot, late tight end to take. Like, oh, man, you can get him, like, the ninth round, and he's got Rivers there, and they got that connection. He's going to go for the touchdown record. Like, Gates was, like, really popular. And now yeah. it's clear that that's probably not going to happen. And he's you'll never hear anyone say Antonio Gates' name anywhere on any – podcast or on twitter he's you know he's he's dead other to than everyone. his injury news yeah well i mean we news. were kind of into him too but i, I mean, mean he yeah, didn't pan out so yeah i, I was in, uh, in on him a little bit until i got more in on Dwayne allen who also hasn't panned out so that's great jack doyle baby <laughs> jack doyle I fire up for jack doyles tight end one jack doyle um Woo. all right let's let's move on from that um one guy i want to throw out briefly okay. it's kind I'm of a similar analysis him. we've been talking about um Fat Eddie Lacy. Um, okay. It's not that okay. I love him as a player. You know, he still seems to be, you know, Starks isn't going away, so he's not really getting that huge workload. But the, you know, the yardage came back last week, um, and the touchdowns will come as it looks like the Packers are finally starting to figure it out, um, at least at home anyway. You know, Jordy's back yep. all the way, which helps that entire offense. Uh, that was kind of the narrative through the first two weeks of like, oh, man, Jordy came back, but the offense didn't get better. They must be ruined. Well, Jordy wasn't really himself the first couple of weeks. So, so now that he's, like, yeah. getting up to speed, we might see the offense start clicking a little bit more. Um, and they also played the Vikings week, two, who are looking like this elite, terrifying defense. So yes, I'm kind of, I'm kind of buying that the Packers are actually back and, you know, they're going to be fine. So Lacey is, like, and it's an interesting time to buy him because he's on his bye week, so whoever has him is probably fed up to even have to, like, keep him on their bench. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been kind of an underwhelming start of the season for Lacey. He was a popular bounce back candidate because he had a terrible year last year. And then he, you know, CrossFit. Well, no, it was P90X, right? The yeah, P90X that didn't diet. Work out. He's still fat. Yeah. <laughs> he's, still, <laughs> he's still fat. Yeah. So, uh, he's looked a lot better against Detroit. Now it's Detroit, mm -hmm. right? They don't really have the best run defense. Nah, but like you said, he's on his bye week. Somebody is going to have to uh, fill that spot. So now might be the time to make a move. And you're going to have to give someone back in return that yeah. they can start in that RB spot most likely. But 
it's the time you can send like a lower tier running back plus maybe a wide receiver package for Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want, if you can afford to burn a couple position players on Eddie Lacy and then sit them on your bench this week and maybe endure a bad week five when he goes against New York, who has a surprisingly good run defense right now. Yeah, that's one of the issues is he might be a better buy next week. You know, so it's. It's a little preemptive, but you know, again, maybe maybe the the Packers just torch him and he falls into the end zone a couple of times. That's kind of the worry with waiting too long on the buys. Um, yeah, he's the perfect but, you know sell Latavius Murray like we were saying. He's awful. Get rid of him and you know pick up a, an Eddie Lacy. I don't know if I do that one. Latavius for Eddie Lacy probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's probably a lateral move in the end. They probably. might end up around the same spot. Yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray, he's on a good offense. Eddie Lacy's theoretically on a good offense. Uh, but, I mean, his schedule does soften up a little bit. Week 6, Lacy gets uh, the Cowboys. Week 7, Ooh. he gets the Bears. Ooh. The, Bears. the Bears. Week 8, he gets the Falcons. Tasty. Week 9, he gets... Uh, who does he get in week 9? Oh, the Colts. Yeah, so he's got a really, really soft schedule after New York. Yeah. So if you can go out and make an offer for him and you're not breaking the bank, I might actually do Latavius for Lacey. Yeah, just because the schedule's nice. And if you're if you're going to have a guy that's kind of needs his offense, because at this point Latavius' workload is so small, he needs the Raiders to be winning for it to matter. You know, it's not like he's Lamar Miller grinding out so many yards on so many carries that, you know, it doesn't doesn't really matter what's going on with the rest of the Texans. Um yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit of a lateral move, but I guess I guess slightly higher upside with Lacey, just attached to that offense. Um, or like, you know, we're saying hold LeGarrette Blunt one more week, but I do LeGarrette Blunt for Eddie Lacey right now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, do it. Sign me up. They're basically the same guy. <laughs> They're the same guy. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Lacey like not... LeGarrette Blunt plus. Yeah, except when Tom Brady comes back, LeGarrette Blunt's gonna kind of fade away. Yeah, that, that's the problem with Blunt is once. Once Brady's back, you know, Blunt's going to go back to being, like, a situational guy and just awful to predict. Or maybe he won't. If that's that's been case, like don't uh, sell him. <laughs> that's been 100% of the narrative so far from the fantasy world, but the fantasy world also thought that Matt Forte wasn't going to be anything this year. That's true, so yeah. Maybe, that, that's maybe LeGarrette Blunt, like, yeah. everyone is on the whole, as soon as Tom Brady comes back, LeGarrette Blunt's just not going to be a factor. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, who else do they have in the running game? James White. James White? <laughs> well, who do they, who do they play? Okay, so week five when Brady's back, they play Cleveland. Actually, that, oh man, that might be a blunt game. Yeah, maybe. Who's to say they're not up by 20 points and mm. they just start feeding blunt? I mean, they're not going to want, you know, these, these players that are kind of dinged up a little bit like Gronk to really overexert themselves unless they're 100% healthy. Yeah. So why not, if they get up early against Cleveland, why not just... Just run Blunt into the ground, have yeah. him put up 20, 30 points. Yeah, Blunt's definitely a hold, at least till then, maybe even another week. Because if he has a good week with Brady, man, then you can really sell him high. Then you can really be like, oh, man, look, Brady's back, and it's the same thing. And then you can, you know, really go for it. Yeah. Um, or maybe he's just an RB1. I refuse to believe <laughs> that, but maybe. <laughs> like, I can't live in a world where LeGarrette Blunt is, like, legitimately an RB1. I can't, I can't yeah. do that. I will quit fantasy <laughs> if LeGarrette Blunt is an RB1. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Is that a good spot to stop? Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. 
Okay. All right. Are we done? Are we just going to cut it there? No, we're going to sign off. Are we done? Oh, we're going to sign off. Okay, we're done. <laughs> we don't need to sign off. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Follow oh, us on Twitter. we are signing off. Yeah, Sorry, we're, we're signing off, already. man. We're, of course, we, we got to give all I our info. Out. What? I'm we're on just... the bench. What's going on? <laughs> I'm on my bye already. I'm Eddie Lacy right now. Oh, my God. Uh, find us on at Twitter, Ole. at Bench-FF. Here it is. Um, and on Facebook. Yep, yeah, that's above you. Um, like, subscribe, comment on YouTube. Um, yeah. Thanks for You're the support. You're getting good at that whole spiel. Yeah, uh, yeah. it turns out I'm able to remember a couple sentences. It's surprising. It's surprising for everyone involved, especially well, I'm me. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will be back soon with more content. Uh, yeah, see you kids on the flippy floppy. Flippy floppies.